Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Herb Podcast, a place of information and inspiration for the home herbalist. I'm Bridget Doherty of the Soledago School of Herbalism, coming to you from a bridged island on the coast of Maine. In today's show, I'm talking with Kylie Foote, a transpersonal herbalist and healing mentor. Before we get started, I want you to know that I'm not a doctor, nor do I diagnose or treat people. What I share is based on my own experience and what I've learned from my mentors. Ultimately, I want you to be empowered in seeking and achieving your own version of optimum health. I want you to be inspired to connect and relate to the common plants that grow all around you. Together, let's make home herbalism be as common in the everyday household as cooking a healthy meal. Now, without further ado, let's have some fun and dig in. Today, I'm joined by Kylie Foote, who is a transpersonal herbalist and healing mentor on a mission to teach fellow people pleasers how plant medicine can help them consciously evolve beyond the trauma, pain, and uncertainty from their past that impacts their ability to be fully open and engaged with the life they're currently creating. By working with the plants, both physically and energetically, in conjunction with various energy healing and mentoring techniques, Kylie is able to guide clients through the deep inner work of unraveling, allowing, and accepting self that is crucial in their ability to not just heal, but to feel secure enough to focus on the joy of living their unresisted truth. She teaches that self-focus is the key to the unconditional love, approval, and deep connection we're all seeking, and that the plants provide the balance, wisdom, and medicine we need to explore ourselves. Welcome, Kylie. It's so good to have you on the pod. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here today. Yes, thanks for joining. Let's just dig right in. I'd love to know how you started on the herbal path from the get-go? So I actually began taking uh, Reiki courses and my Reiki master was learning about calendula. And so she would rave about the healing powers of calendula. And at the time her daughter was going through um, chemotherapy and radiation. And she was telling us how she would infuse the calendula oil with Reiki and put it on the radiation burns and they would heal overnight and it would be amazing. And I was like, wow, that's so incredible that plants can do that. And so I started to explore plants on my own. And this was years before I went to herbal school. 
Um, and so at first, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there about essential oils. So that was kind of where I was going other than just calendula oil and lemon balm. Um, and then when I went to herbal school, that kind of opened the entire world up to me. So. Oh, I love this idea of like infusing Reiki into the in herbal oils. That's kind of yeah. cool. Yeah. So <clears throat> you call yourself a transpersonal herbalist. What does that mean to you? So for me, that means that um, I see the plants as these consciously connected beings and they have their own unique energetic signatures, their own constituents, medicinal properties, whatever, however you want to look at that. Um, they have their own unique abilities to heal us and to shift our energies. And I have come to the point where I am working with that to shift the consciousness of my clients so that they're moving away from the patternings that um, continue to create that trauma story or keep that trauma story alive within them. So you are working with more of like the energetic aspects of the plants and the people and how they relate to each other or... Primarily, yes. Although I do, because I am a clinically trained herbalist as well, I do look at the physical components of things. Um, so I know the plants from a strictly medicinal, um, this is how they work in the body. Um, and I kind of use that to support the acute physical symptoms that arise from that underlying uh, trauma issue or emotional condition or whatever it is. So as a clinically trained herbalist, what sent you in this specific direction, more of the transpersonal direction of the with the plants? So originally, before I went to herbal school, I was doing the Reiki and just energy healing on clients. And when I went to herbal school, um, when I was working with clients, I started to hear the names of plants and see specific conditions within the body. And then that's that shifted to different um, emotional or mental or um, trauma patterns that I was seeing in my various clients. Um, and certain herbs were continually coming up. And with each new person, I was seeing a different little bit, learning a little bit more about the plant and um, what it was doing, how it was shifting things. And it just had my mind like, moving at a million miles an hour going in the direction of, okay, well, if it can do this and it's, it's shifting and transforming their energy, you know, physically and emotionally and, and on the energetic plane, then I can use this to consciously change this person. And I can, I can meld that in a different direction. So. Did you see patterns in the plants that were coming up as well? Like you saw maybe patterns in humans and patterns in the plants. Like what would be an example kind of, of how you would see the plants in how they so manifest, the, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So with the clients, I would like a lot of the clients um, I was starting to see had certain um, trauma or emotional patternings as I had, because you're the best expert at what you're going through. And so those were the people that I was working with. And um, 
you know, let's say they had this underlying trauma story of um, not feeling safe and secure in their relationships because of abandonment issues or rejection. Um, and so certain herbs were coming up in different areas of the body. And that was for me telling a story about how these herbs work. Um, and then I'm really into flower essences. So then I would um, research the flower essence meaning or just tune into the plants um, and get more of the information, more of the story. Um, and so the, the patternings that I began to see outside of the work I was doing with clients was when I was out in nature. Um, when I was out in nature, the plants would come to me. I would see an abundance of a certain plant. Um, and either I would already know what that plant was good at helping with the things that it was good at helping. Um, or I would, this would be a new plant that I was being introduced to. And then I would have to like tune into it or learn about it and re do research um, but it was seeing those patterns and the story that it's telling when I'm really focused on the plants that are being brought to my attention. Um, a lot of times I will see plants prior to things that, uh, pattern or not patterns, um, prior to things that we're going to work through either with clients, myself, or the collective as a whole. So, um, I believe it was prior to the pandemic. It was either prior to the pandemic or right when the pandemic started. There was ghost pipe everywhere, everywhere. I even saw a ghost pipe underneath a tree in the parking lot at the grocery store, <laughs> just right out in the open. There it was. I was amazed. But to me, ghost pipe helps us to see our pain and, and our trauma or whatever, however you want to think of it, see our pain and not try to change the pain, but just acknowledge it for what it is and um, not see it as something that is bad or wrong with us, but that it, it just it exists. And then in accepting the pain, then it begins to shift and heal. And so Ghost Pipe's really great about that. And so I knew that having already worked with ghost pipe a lot. And so when I started seeing it literally everywhere in places that you normally wouldn't, um, I knew that that was, that was the, the universe nature, however you want to put it saying like, here's what the collective needs to be working on. Here is what's coming. So mm. that's kind of where those patterns go. I, during that, like the summer for me, like the summer before the pandemic, looking back on it, I started seeing in the wild, like pink yarrow more than I'd ever seen before. Like anywhere that would normally be white yarrow, it all had this like tinge of pink, mm -hmm. which in my mind is like higher volatile oil content, like more intense medicine, antimicrobial medicine. And I just really took note of it. I was posting a lot about it on Instagram. And then, and I was like, okay, this is definitely a sign of something to come. I don't know what, but I definitely harvested it a bunch and made tinctures with it. And um, yeah. And then later on, like after, you know, the whole COVID thing kicked into gear, I was like, oh, interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Very curious. Yeah. We learned in herbal school um, that, the plants we need will find us. And um, 
I definitely have experienced that time and time again. Um, you know, when I wanted to learn the difference between like Hemlock and um, Queen Anne's Lace, there in my yard was a Hemlock plant. And then after I was working with it, then it was gone and it never came back. It was just the Queen Anne's Lace again. And, and like Yarrow, um, shortly after starting herbal school, Yarrow was not in my yard. It was not in my garden. But then all of a sudden there it was and it was spreading like wildflower, uh, wildfire. And so. And wildflowers. They, and wildflowers. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like the plants we need, and I teach this, I like continue to spread that message to my students and my clients that the plants that you need will find you. So pay attention to what you're seeing a lot of, um, what's come into your backyard, like um, what your attention is being drawn to, because that's giving you clues as to what you need, um, either to focus on inward or just the plants that you need to work with. So. Hmm. And do your clients, do they, and students, do they resonate with that? Have they discovered that as well? Have you heard yeah. stories? Yeah, absolutely. So it's funny. Um, I, I don't just work with plants. That's like the primary focus, but I do work um, with like all nature elements. And so I had um, a prior student of mine, I was doing a session on her mother and um, her mother needed gold. Like when I was tuned into her, she just needed gold to help her. And she was like, Oh my goodness, I just bought some gold jewelry <laughs> and I don't usually like gold. And I was like, there you go. And so it's the same with the plants. Like, um, people will tell me, Oh, I've been really drawn to like daisies lately. And we'll look up the meaning of the daisy or the flower essence. And then they're like, Holy crap, that is exactly what I need. That's exactly what I'm struggling with. And it's like, Nature knows. <laughs> Nature knows. What What are some of your favorite plants to work with? Mm, yarrow. Um, and why? Yeah, yarrow because we have a tendency to let our energy leak out. Just from a strictly energetic perspective, we have a tendency to let our energy leak out through worry, people pleasing, seeking approval, whatever it is, our energy is leaking out and Yarrow just kind of pulls that energy in and helps us feel like protected. Um, and I also need the circulatory aspect of Yarrow. So I like that personally. Um, How do you like to work with it? Um, primarily tincture because it's convenient to my busy lifestyle but i also really like to add yarrow to um medicinal broths that i make primarily in the fall and winter um but um i will do like wild herb broths <laughs> and that's one of the things that i put in um so other than yarrow hawthorn rose motherwort Mm, motherwort um i have such a beautiful relationship with motherwort i absolutely adore that plant um elecampane um i'm definitely a lung person uh and elecampane is my best lung friend <laughs> so um what do you mean by a lung person so 
I tend to hold a lot of uh, past grief, sorrow, heartache, all those things, and it kind of settles in my lungs. And so I am prone to upper respiratory infections. I'm prone to it sinking in. I've had bronchitis a gazillion times. Um, and things just seem to settle into my lungs fairly easily because it is a point of attraction. Um, and so alicampane being an expectorant and a fairly strong expectorant, but also a tonic herb for the lungs, um, it helps to not only push that stuff out, um, but to strengthen the lungs. Mm. And the rose, the hawthorn, the motherwort, those all are very heart centric. All the heart. And that is something that pretty much all of us need, especially in today's world. Um, but especially those who feel like we have a very strong trauma story alive within us, the heart herbs are really important. Mm, how do you like to work with them? Um, I usually put hawthorn and rose and motherwort together in a tea blend. Um, but I've also worked with them as tincture. Um, I grow motherwort, so I have an abundance of motherwort and an abundance of motherwort tincture. <laughs> so it's just, I'm coming apart at the seams with motherwort. Um, but yeah, so I'll work with it mainly with tea. But again, because I'm so busy, sometimes my own self-care gets pushed to the side, as we all know. And uh, tincture is easiest. Mm -hmm. So what herbs might you be working with like right now? Are you working with any herbs specifically right now? Or? What am I working with right now? Um, I have been working with my lung tonic. So that is an elecampane based um, formula, a syrup. I love syrups. That's another thing other than tea. I love syrups. Um, my lung tonic I've been working with because I just got over <laughs> uh, upper respiratory issues and a head cold. Um, I also work with um, burdock in my liver elixir. It has a bunch of different liver herbs and also schizandra berries. Um, so I work with that. Um, I pretty much put rose hip in almost everything, some component of rose in everything. So rose hips in um, my lung tonic as well. Um, so those are the two main things I'm working with right now. Um, also a nettle tincture because I kept telling myself, you need the support of nettle and I wasn't making the tea. And so I was like, you know what? We'll just do the tincture because at least it's getting in there. So. I've been loving uh, a rose hip nourishing infusion lately. It's so good. Like a whole ounce of dried rose hips in a quart jar, like steeped for a long time. It just, yes, yeah, like the superfood of the mostest for me lately. Yeah. <clears throat> rose hip, I find like nourishes like the love within us and the love that there is to be found outside of us. It just like nourishes that, that, love within us yeah like just helps us really feel it and grow it and yeah rose is great <laughs> do you love. have um like favorite ways of tapping into the more of the essence of the plant like if you're making a flower essence or determining you know 
what that essence of that plant has to offer? Mm-hmm. So the way that I do it um, is to just focus very intently, set my intention to um, connect with the energy of the plant to learn it. And I have learned how to discern what is, you know, the thing that I'm connecting with speaking and what is my own thoughts. Um, but I will just start hearing things within my head or seeing pictures. Um, the way that my, um, intuitive abilities work is that, um, I have a whole host of things. So, um, a lot of times I will get like huge chunks of information that I just hear. Um, and so when I'm connecting to the plant, just focused on it very intently. Um, sometimes I will ask certain questions like, what is the wisdom you want to share? What is the medicine that you have to offer me specifically, um, the world around us? Um, what is important to know from you at this time? But I just ask those questions and, and focus my energy into the plant and connecting with its energy. Um, and it takes practice. It's like, we're all capable of it, but it takes practice. Do you have any ways of knowing of like being able to know, like when it's your mind that you're hearing versus sussing out, like when it's actually an open channel to the plant? So that comes with a lot of practice and being able to discern. And so for me, because I've been honing my intuitive abilities for well over two decades, um, it is something that just from tuning into people and getting information. So I started with people, um, reading for people, um, doing card readings, just cold readings on them, um, mediumship readings, anything. I, w- I started with people because they can give you actual feedback. Um, the plants, they don't talk the way we expect. And so we're not getting that same kind of feedback. But because I had honed it with the ability to get the feedback, I knew that when I was doing it with the plants, it was working. Also, you can go and and Google the plants and and research the plants and and learn from other well-respected herbalists and you know see are they having the same experiences? Is this something that other people have witnessed or experienced with this plant? Um, and then you get that extra validation. But I've learned to just trust because I've honed it for so long. I love that that tip of starting with people to get the feedback, just to learn the, the practice and the skill. That's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah, You have to build your discernment because it is tricky to know, is it me? Is it them? (laughs) Is it some other outside interference? Right. Yeah. Um, So I've seen um, lately over the past few months, anyway, that you've had some, um, events where you are working with plant spirit uh, medicine and people. Can you tell me more about that? What that, yes. how that, what that is and how it's developed and how it's gone. And if you have any coming up. Mm-hmm. 
So I love plant spirit journeys um, um, and flower essence journeys. Like just any way to work with the essence or spirit of a plant is really exciting. So at the beginning of 2022, I set out to lead several plant spirit journeys. And I just kind of tuned in with myself to see how many and then intuitively chose the plants. And so we started with mistletoe and then went to goldenrod and we just ended um, with sequoia. And so these plants were my healing arc this year. (laughs) Um, So mistletoe is all about like it's time. Now we're going to do this. We're transforming. We're, we're really doing the work. Here we go. And then goldenrod is about kind of figuring out like, this is my truth. This is the course I'm taking. Um, light at the end of the tunnel. Here we go. And then Sequoia is like, okay, here's how we embody this truth. Here's how we are who we are in our daily lives. And so that was my like healing arc that I invited everybody on. Um, and so that's, that's why I picked those plants. I was almost everything I do is intuition based. And so, um, that was very intuitively chosen. I will continue that into next year because it was so much fun. Got really great feedback from the people who joined. Um, it's really powerful to see them connect with this plant and, um, witness how much they've opened and shifted just in that two-hour period of doing the the class. Um, so it's just incredible. And I will definitely continue to do that. So I'll be tuning in probably in the next few weeks to see how many for next year and um, what plants. And I work with one of my great friends, Alicia, who does shamanic drumming. So she drums throughout the entire plant spirit journey. And it's really incredible. And then at the end, she does light language where she channels the plant through light language. And that's really just, whoa. <laughs> so it's a really magical experience. And I really like those. So was so what did that actually, what did that two hours kind of look like or entail? And what would you do? Is this, was it online or in person? Did you have the plant or... So these were in person. Um, Alicia and I have definitely discussed recording them to offer them online, especially the Sequoia one, because it was so incredibly powerful. Um, That's really ancient, ancient wisdom. And so there's a lot to be had there. Um, But these ones this year were kind of the jumping off point and they were all in person. Um, and so we would introduce the whole topic of plant spirit journey because most people had never done it before. And then I, she would start drumming and I would lead everybody through like the meditative journeying process. Um, then we would have people share their experiences. Um, we did either take a tincture or a flower essence of the plant prior to journeying, just so there's that extra component of connection. Um, and then share our experiences and and uh, she would do the light language and it was just really good. <laughs> really good. Nice. Yeah. So what do, what do you feel like some of the um, clients or the cl- get class takers, what did, what did they take away from that experience? I'm thinking specifically of one woman from the Goldenrod journey. 
um, she was blown away by like just how much nature and the plants are actually communicating with us and how much they can actually help us to shift and change and like consciously evolve. Um, she had told us that prior to signing up for the class that she was seeing goldenrod everywhere where she had never really paid attention to it before. It was everywhere. And then in the journey, she actually saw a gold finch and she said that the gold finch never before has this happened. The gold finch had been coming into her backyard prior to that. And so for her, it was just like not only confirmation that this was what we were saying it was, what was happening was happening, but like nature is so amazing at supporting and shifting and evolving us. Mm, That's beautiful. And I love that it was goldenrod, of course. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I actually thought of you when that, that plant came up. I was like, Oh, Bridget. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I feel so hugged by goldenrod. Talk about it being everywhere. Oh my goodness. Yes, and then, of course, because I'm so allied with it, I'm like, I don't know if I can actually, like, quote unquote, weed this out of my gardens, but it might, like, now totally have taken over all of my gardens at my house. It's okay, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's okay. So I remember, so we've known each other for m- many years, I feel like a few years anyway. Um, and I remember that you had a product line that you were developing and you would sell at different markets and whatnot. Do you still do that or do you still? I do not. I stopped doing the markets uh, right before the pandemic. Um, I think 2019, I had decided that was going to be my last year. Um, Primarily because it's a lot of to make a product line and a lot of undertaking to make enough products for each event and to go to each event Um, But also I was recognizing that in trying to make the same products over and over again, I was feeling less and less creatively inspired by them, even though I stand behind those products, um, the lung tonic, the liver elixir, my elderberry syrup, like all of those things were so good. Um, They tasted amazing. They've helped a million people. It's been really good. Um, I still make them for clients. I just was not creatively inspired by making the same thing over and over and over again. I really like the customization of making things for my clients um, or being inspired by um, nature or uh, the collective consciousness to work with a certain plant and to make a blend with it. Um so I think it was before the pandemic. It's so funny how we think in terms of before the pandemic, <laughs> yes. after the pandemic, but <laughs> I made a blend. I had been feeling called to Reishi for a really long time and kind of like putting it off, putting it off. And finally, one day I just sat down. And I was like, okay, Reishi, what do you want me to know? And I was fully expecting to just communicate with it and learn a little bit more about it. But instead, I saw started seeing all these other plants. And there was pine and golden seal and um, gold thread and all these various plants that are forest dwellers. And I said, okay, 
what do you want me to do with this? Make a tincture. Great. What does this tincture help with? And I immediately heard um, it reaches into the dark parts where nothing else can reach and it extracts what needs to be extracted and it pulls it up to the surface so that you can become aware of it and start to heal it. And so I called it reaching deep, but those like that kind of stuff is what I enjoy creating. So to make the same thing over and over again, is just, it loses its joyful spark for me. And I also remember there was, and maybe you still do this with your clients, but you, I know I saw it on, you were promoting it on Instagram a bit where you would be do like laying on of plants for people. You want to talk more about that? Yeah. So I haven't done that in a really long time, but for a while I was doing plant on healing sessions and it added an extra layer of getting, not only getting to know the plants, but um, deeper healing and unraveling happening during the sessions. Um, One of my clients, we put plantain all over her back um, because that's what I felt guided to do was just do plantain. And I just laid the leaves across her back. And when I tuned in, I told her, I said, I don't know why I'm doing this. I know plantain's a really good healer, but I don't know why I'm specifically being drawn to plantain. And so I tuned in through the plantain and I just saw like these threads being pulled out, almost like untying shoelaces and the threads were being pulled out. And then the plantain's energy was weaving into the spaces where those threads were. And so I knew that plantain was helping to unravel the threads of the old story so that the healing could actually go in and, you know, penetrate those areas that once were not feeling good. So Mm, that's beautiful. It also reminds me of the actual the threads within the plantain leaf, like the ribs, the rib ribs, you know. Yeah, That's it's cool. it's really, uh, you know, you don't think of that being an energetic doctrine of signature, but it is really cool. Yeah. So your plant journey, I mean, you you talked about how it started with, uh, you know, Reiki and then going to school for clinical herbalism and then it kind of evolving into this, you know, flower essences and more energetic ways of working with the plants and people. Um what advice would you give your younger self as you were starting out on the herbal path that you now know that you would offer yourself or maybe that you would offer other, you know, junior herbalists that are out there now starting there on their paths? Mm-hmm. Stay open and definitely learn from the experience and wisdom of those who came before, but do not be afraid to lend credence and value to the wisdom of your own experience and the wisdom that's coming from within you as you're working with the plants, because it can take you in a vastly different direction than what traditional herbalism is like myself. Um, And I pushed back against that a lot. I didn't feel like a proper herbalist for a really long time um, because I didn't want to do things the way that most herbalists that I knew were working with the plants. And so it made me question myself and my worth as an herbalist for many years until I just said, this is what it is and I need to own it because I do have 
experience and wisdom and there is value in that. Um, so be open, learn from the elders who came before you, but don't be afraid of your own wisdom. And what about your work now, like really truly sparks joy within you? I, oh, I love people and I love plants equally as much. And to pair plants with people to shift their consciousness and just open up their entire world and help them like let go of the hurt that like clouds everything within them is an amazing magical experience. So for me, it is helping people to like know and honor themselves through the work that we do with the plants. And so you live you live still in the North Shore, like Gloucester area or yep. And if so if people want to work with you, can, do you work with people only in that area or can they work with you online or? I have you- clients all over the country. So you can work with me if you are far away and you can work with me if you are really close. Um, I do healing sessions where I'm the one doing the work and you're just kind of receiving the information and the healing. Um And then I support that with the herbs or I have a mentorship program where I'm kind of coaching you through the different techniques and helping you to actually learn from the plants yourself and be able to tune into them so that you can kind of do what I do um, to help yourself in your own life. And do you have any upcoming events or classes that you're offering or you're working on right now? I do. So I have a wholehearted healing intensive workshop, a four hour workshop in person in Wakefield, Mass on December 10th. And we're working with um, Hawthorne and Motherwort and Rose and Rhodiola to really just work through the layers of emotional wounding in our hearts and really just let that stuff go. Um, and then I have an online course that I just recently launched called The Joy of Being You. And that kicks off January 26th and runs for four weeks. And that's all about shedding the resistance that we have to actually allowing ourselves be the magical beings that we are. Um, so I run through the various techniques that I've learned along my healing journey and the, you know, the work that I do with my clients to help people just let the resistance go. Mm. And that's, so do you say that's a four week online course? Yeah, that's four weeks online. Yeah. So what, tell me a little bit more about what that's going to look like for people if they sign up. So we will be meeting online, um, via zoom, And each week on Thursday night, and I will be guiding them through the various techniques. Um, So we'll be looking at changing perceptions and the various like lenses that we kind of um, look at our life through or see the world through. And uh, we'll look at the beliefs that we have that we've either come up with on our own from our own experiences or that we've inherited from our family. Um, we will reconnect to our inner self, 
um, and do the work of clearing out the channels uh, that uh, don't allow that to happen now. Um, and then um, clearing out emotional clutter and supporting the heart. So we'll be working with the mind, the heart, the solar plexus, and anywhere else I feel called, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I've kind of done this general like outline of things and I know like the techniques I'm going to be teaching each week, but I always leave wiggle room for intuition to come in and inspiration to come in and, uh, move us in slightly different directions if needed. Cool. Will there be any herbal work in there or is that more? Oh, yes. Oh no. Herbal work is always there. (laughs) So, um, There are herbs that I have chosen that I have found um, really support this kind of work and like the ability to go deeper into things, Um, nourishing the self, keeping the boundaries up, feeling safe and protected, that sort of thing. Um, And then I will also be recommending further herbs um, as we get into the different like mind, heart, digestive, whatever comes up, I'll recommend different herbs that feel good. Great. So if people want to work with you or want to check out your classes or events, what's the best way to find you or contact you or sign up? Best way is through my website, um, downtoearthholistic.com. And then you can go to the classes tab. There's a separate tab for for the joy of being you. And, um, you know, you can sign up for my newsletter so that you get, um, information about what's coming up, um, and different things that I share. And, um, you know, if you just want to reach out, there's Instagram, uh, Facebook, I'm primarily on Instagram, uh, and that's down to earth holistic wellness. Great. Well, I have uh, one last question for you. And uh, since we're in the entering into the winter months here, what is one or more herbal remedies or meals that are must-haves in your home in the wintertime for you and your family? I know you have um, some kids that you also tend to (laughs) your own children. (laughs) And um, I also want to hear a little bit more about your wild herb broth going back to what you mentioned earlier. Yeah. So that's what I was going to say is like the main thing. Um, So sometimes I do it with just wild mushrooms or, you know, mushrooms from the store. And sometimes I actually do it with chicken bones, depending on where I feel like I want to be. Um, but you know, you just make it like you would any other stock, but I toss in calendula and yarrow and nettle and, um, sometimes dandelion, burdock, burdock's almost always in there. Um, especially in the winter time, I, it's such an introspective time and you tend to do a lot more inner work in the winter just because it, that's the energy of the time. And so keeping things moving and processing and clearing out is important. So like yarrow, calendula, and burdock, I feel are super duper important. And then um, nettle for the nourishment. Um, And then, you know, if I feel intuitively called to anything else, then I'll add 
whatever feels good or right. But those are the, like the staple herbs that I put in there. And do you do them uh, like, can you use dried herbs or do you only do like fresh in the fall or? You can do dried. Um, I have done that, especially obviously in the winter <laughs> when not much is there here in New England um, or it's there just under all the snow. Um, but I really prefer it when I can have it fresh. So like in the early, um, spring when things are starting to come up and, um, and in the fall, it's nice to have the fresh of whatever you can. Um, but yeah, dried's totally, totally a thing. Yeah. And then you just put them in your simmer pot, strain it out after it simmers for like how long? 24 hours, eight hours? Or? Um, I usually do an all day steep. So it's, yeah, it's a, I would say probably at least six hours, um, but more like eight. Yeah. And then strain it out. And then do you put it in the freezer and ice cubes or what do you, how do you? Um, so I put it in mason jars in the fridge and try to work with all of it very soon. Um, but it is way more intelligent to do the ice cubes and save it in the freezer so that you have it when you need it and don't have to make a huge big old pot if you need it instantly. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you and the many facets that you work with herbs and people. Um, so for those of you that want to connect with Kylie Foot, uh, you can check out Down to Earth Holistic Wellness, correct, on Instagram um, and website. And um yeah, definitely reach out to her, see what she has to offer and definitely follow her on Instagram. She always has some fun things that she's posting on there. So uh, you can also connect with me, Bridget Doherty at Solidago Herb School on Instagram or Facebook or on my website, all with that same key um, <clears throat> tag. I will also have your links, Kylie, um, in the show notes as well so people can easily find you. Thanks for listening. This is Bridget Doherty with Kylie Foote. Be well, let intuition guide you, and have fun with herbs.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.